This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. You guys already know what time it is. <laughs> the little girl comes it's out. It's Gabby time. <laughs> it is time for our second Q&A of the season. Woo-hoo! I'm, I said this last time. I feel weird saying I'm excited about these questions because they're like real problems people have. <laughs> but they're like really good questions. Yeah. People have some very good problems that I think are like very relatable. And I'm very excited for us to do this. Amazing. Should we just jump right in? Yeah, we okay. should. I also tried to choose questions. One like piece of slightly negative feedback I, feedback I got on the last episode, which normally would sp- make me spiral. Yeah. But this time I was just like, I'm just going to take it, is too much of our answers were just like communicate, which is hard because like a lot of the answers to these questions okay, is yeah. communicate. But At like, the, yeah. So I specifically chose questions that maybe had a little bit more of like an advice element to them or were like had like a specific answer. So anyways, let's, let's make it a thing where... That can't be the end all completely of what we're saying. Absolutely. Okay, ready? Yes. First one. Kind of a long question, but I am in a great relationship with my girlfriend. The sex is okay, but I feel like have, I'm having sex with her rather than us having sex with each other. Mm. She's a textbook pillow princess. I've told her I'd like her to be a little more active in bed and she'll say, I'll try, but never does. I initiate 100% of the time. And when we are having sex, I do all of the work. I've had less blowjobs than I can count on one hand. And when she does it, she's so half-assed, I lose my erection. It doesn't turn me on when it feels like she hates doing it. I'm on top every single time. And we only switch it up occasionally, which I have to initiate. Sometimes I don't feel like she's attracted to me at all. I want us to have better sex, but I don't know how. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say a few things off the bat. Let's hear it. One, my edible just hit. (laughs) (laughs) So this answer is about to be really good. (laughs) No, I was going to say, so I remember we took this BDSM quiz. Yes. I think everybody should take it. I make everyone take it. First off. Yes. We should actually have a link. We should. I will put a link in the bio for anybody (laughs) interested. It's a great way also to, which I think is probably going to segue into your answer. Yes. I was going to say, I've sent it to like previous partners in the beginning to kind of just like break the ice and get to know them sexually. So it's this quiz. You want to explain the quiz? Yeah, essentially, it's a very kind of like beginner's quiz. The questions range from very simple questions, like from a one to 10, how much pain do you like during sex, to some kind of crazier questions that might scare you a little. And your answer is definitely going to be like, I'm not into that at all. But it's an easy quiz. It probably takes like 
10, 15 minutes. Yeah, it took me 10 minutes. And it essentially lays out some of like, I'd say maybe like 20 to 30 of the most popular kinks. Yeah. Ranging from like as broad as like sadism, sadism and masochism, brat. being a voyeur, being a brat. And it kind of just scales you. So you're not just going to get one answer. You're going to get um, percentage. a percentage of all of these different kinks. So maybe you're 10% of a brat and you're, you know, 70% dominant and you're 30% voyeur. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of take all of those things and use it as like a very broad guidebook to yeah. what you like in sex. Ever since you showed me this quiz, it is such a great segue into discussing what kind of person you want to be when you're having sex with your partner. Whether yes. you whether you've been with them for a long time or you just started out, like I think it's an amazing segue to figure out how you guys can work together in that way because I I think sex is important in a relationship. Absolutely. So I would say first off, do that quiz. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good yeah, idea. Yeah, to, to, to visually show her what you're into and to really, you know, make it make it a fun thing. Go to the sex store with her. Go to like yeah. see what kind of things she wants to play with. And then when it's something that you guys have together, she might be more inclined to to participate with a more exciting completely behavior. I don't think you're going to get much. It's funny because we just talked about communication not being an answer. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to get anything out of just like classic communication. Here. I agree. She seems very shy. I don't really know the issue, but it doesn't really seem like a you problem. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's this part in the question where this person is like, I feel like they're not attracted to me. This, yep. That doesn't really seem like the issue. Yeah. It seems like it's either some sort of performance anxiety, maybe, you know, I don't know the situation, maybe some sort of like past trauma or maybe, maybe she doesn't even know what she likes. Absolutely. And so I think an experience, you know, there's lots of things, but I definitely think it's going to have to be like a show and not tell situation. So I think putting her in these situations, like, let's take this test. Yep. Let's go to this store. Like these kind of like physical experiences is a better way to kind of like open her up. Yeah. Um, and kind of see where that goes. It's also possible that, you know, on like the more negative end, maybe you're just not sexually compatible. Yeah. Like it's possible that she just likes to be a pillow princess and doesn't really want to do any work. And that's a tough thing because if the relationship is really good, yeah. but the sex isn't compatible, like that's such a tough thing to navigate. The sex is sex is a very important part of a relationship. Yeah. It's obviously important enough that you're reaching out to the show and asking this question. It's yeah. bothering you. This isn't sustainable as is. Mm-mm. So, you know, there are a couple options. You either do everything you possibly can to make this work and get this person out of their shell or it's possible you cut your losses. Yeah. Because the, the way that you're having sex right now is absolutely not sustainable. And you'll, the last thing see- I want is for this person to like stay with this girl because he loves her and then like cheat because he's like so exactly. extremely sexually unsatisfied. Yeah. You also don't want you don't want to resent her for the rest of your life exactly that's true you don't want to maybe you don't cheat maybe you build resentment yeah or maybe you you know there's sometimes things like this i feel like can lead to like a porn addiction Mm -hmm. and things like that or an addiction to like spending money on sex workers and stuff it's just like it can lead to other things it's like been proven time and time again that when you're like sexually stifled it brings about like negative habits Mm. um so i definitely think um like you said kind of doing these little things that feel almost like couple activities is a kind of a good way to start. Also a fun little thing that I used to do. I used to have a really hard time kind of like asking for what I wanted. Yeah. And something I used to do that I still actually is a really good way to do it. Now I'm a little bit more open and I can just be like, do this. But 
uh, is watch porn together. Be mm-hmm. like, you know what would be fun? Let's yes. actually watch watch porn. And then specifically pick porns with things that you want them to do. Yes. And then that way you can be like, ooh, wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't this That's be fun? That's something you taught me. Yeah, it's because yeah. it's like, it's an, it's an easier way than just being like, let's, we have to talk. I don't like what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, because honestly it is true like nobody that's a awkward weird conversation to have if, if it's not if it's too straightforward because yeah. the other person will obviously feel attacked yes you're at your most vulnerable when you're having sex yes it's just a tough conversation to have so like doing these things and these actions and providing these visuals is going to help the person feel more comfortable with what you're saying completely there we go amazing next question i can't deep throat but i really want to give incredible blowjobs any advice I have a lot of advice for this one. Okay, go for it. Because I have a small mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely cannot deep throat. Yeah. If a penis is above average, I'm probably getting half of it in my mouth. Yeah. And so I have had to work around it. I've had to figure out, I am a perfectionist. I pride myself on being great in bed. Mm-hmm. And I consistently give amazing head. And I cannot deep throat either Mm -hmm. so deep throating is not the end all be all in fact to be honest i've talked to a lot of men about this deep throating is one of those things that i think is like a myth that men like i agree it's like a porn thing yes you know what i mean i'm sure it's hot i'm not saying guys don't like it but it's not the end all be all of blowjobs yeah you you gotta work with what you got exactly and there are so many other fun things you can do so for example for me it's like at the end of the day, the most important part is the tip, right? Yep. It has more um, nerves. It has more nerve endings than any other area. It's the most sensitive area. So it's like, you don't, you know, the shaft isn't really doing much. Yeah. Anyway. The base is definitely not doing yeah. much. So use that to your advantage and totally focus on the tip. That's what I do. Yep. I also like can get really, it's not even performative because I actually kind of like, I like giving head, especially mm-hmm. to a partner that I'm really comfortable with. Yeah. And so it's like I kind of like go all out and I do a lot of like spitting and moaning and like I'll use like hands and mouth. To be honest, it's kind of a play. It is. There's so much you can do. Yeah. To be honest, I think a guy would rather somebody go all out and do all these fun different things and, you know, jack it off at the same time and spit on it and blah, 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 than just like 10 minutes straight of deep throating. Okay. Yes, I agree. I think that a lot of people, I I say this because everybody watches – everybody watches porn people think that just because you can deep throat that means you're great at head absolutely that's not true completely and so i think there are a lot of other things you can do i definitely would recommend one thing that i've noticed is hand and mouth at the same time Mm -hmm. always an incredible combo um i am actually a two hand and mouth kind of girl i go all out i do mouth on the tip hand left hand or right hand on the shaft Mm -hmm. depending on your what's your dominant hand other hand on the balls. Oh, go, cra- go a little oh, crazy! A little, a little trio, a little trio action, <laughs> triple action. Go a little crazy. You got some points. <laughs> exactly. So I recommend doing that. Like I think balls are incredibly underrated yes. when it comes to blowjobs. Um, even taint play can be fun. Even ass play, if the guy is into it, there are a plethora of yeah. opportunities with head outside of deep throating. The world's your oyster. And you know what? This is funny because we just said this in the last question. Watch a lot of blowjob porn. Yes. There's so many good techniques. Everything I've learned has been from porn. Yeah. Not everything in life <laughs> or in sex education. But honestly, in, when it comes to blowjobs, a lot of it is yeah. porn. So um, yeah, don't don't be deterred by your lack of deep throating. 
embrace it we believe in you (laughs) embrace Embrace it it. (laughs) (laughs) this is a kooky episode i love it uh my partner and i of four years have been fighting pretty consistently for the past month and i'm worried it's the beginning of the end we had one big fight but now it just feels like we argue over anything and everything please help that would depend on the severity of what has led up to these fights I agree. It seems like, you know, they, I don't know what this one big fight was about, but I've been in the situation where you're like, I like to think I'm pretty good at getting over a fight. Like, yeah. I, I'm not a big grudge holder. You're I'm not, not the kind of person who's like mad all day. Mm-hmm. Like if we get over the fight, I can pretty much immediately like crack a joke. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I've also been in situations where sometimes you're just annoyed at a person more. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like sometimes I'll have weeks where like, Kellen just annoys me. Yeah. He just, everything he says kind of irks me. Every, I you know agree. What I, mean? I have that with Ryan. <laughs> um, I, this, it's funny. I was actually uh, reading this really interesting article the other day that was out uh, from the Gottman Institute that basically said that only 30% of problems in the average relationship are solvable. What? 30%. So, so you have to practice conflict management yes not conflict resolution yeah you're not going to be able to resolve the majority of your problems because you're just two different people and you're humans yep and those problems aren't going to go away that thing that he does that bothers you is you know might not change sometimes me and ryan will get in a fight before we're like going to a group of people or something yeah and i'm like put a pin in it if you're <laughs> if you're still mad after this hangout then we'll discuss it but if not sometimes a hangout really is the answer yeah you know sometimes you just like need to be in the in a group with other people but I wouldn't say it's necessarily the beginning of the end. I yeah, I agree. I think that that's a very I've I've been guilty of this too. Like sometimes me and Ryan are fighting a bit too much, and I'm like, okay, then what does this mean? Oh yeah, I'm a big. Why don't we just break up? Yes, girl. yes. So I get where you're coming from because you're feeling insecure because you're like, why aren't we in sync? And it does suck to feel out of sync with your partner. It does. But if this is the person that you're like supposed to be with, or I don't know what you believe, like you're four years in, like it's worth the effort. Yeah. You're going to go through these lulls, just like how you're going to go through these lulls with anybody in your life. Like think about your relationship with your friends, your parents, like what you never say, what, this is the end to them. So you just kind of have to treat it that way until there's a reason to break it off in the future. Like if this becomes more than just a, a phase of life and it becomes a pattern, then of course we, rethink some things and go to people that you love and talk about it but i don't i think that this is a little dramatic and i don't blame you because i would be doing this too but just from a bird's eye view completely and i think also um i think when you're fighting a lot and you're annoyed at that person or maybe you're like or maybe you're like healing from whatever this big fight is right and sometimes when you're healing you're you're still annoyed right you get in one big fight and you're not like fully healed and so like they do one little thing and then it leads to another fight and leads to another fight it's an intense time, it feels like, in this relationship. My advice would be practice patience. Yeah. You know, you fell in love with this person for a reason. Also pick your battles. It's true. Like, sometimes there will be something that I already just said to Ryan, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't bring this other thing up. Yeah. And you just have to decide if it's really important or if it's worth, like, the fight. Yeah. Sometimes you think the things are, but they're not. Yeah. I've had situations where I, like, want to get mad at a partner for something, but, like, they're on a plane or they're at work. Yeah. And by the time we can talk, I'm not mad anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, picking your battles, practice patience, really listening, you know? I mean, I've talked about this a lot, but there's this um, practice that, relationship therapists use where 
you'll say how you're feeling. And before the person can respond, they have to reiterate what they just heard you say. Yeah. Because a lot of times what you hear is not necessarily what the person said. So the person will say, well, I'm just annoyed because I feel like you nitpick all the time. And it just makes me really feel like, you know, I'm a piece of shit and I'm not a good partner at all. And then you'll ask the other person what they heard. And they'll be like, well, they just said I'm a bitch. And yeah. It's like, That's absolutely not what that person said. Me and Ryan, me and Ryan, Ryan started incorporating that into our third year in our relationship. And I'd be like, what did you just hear me say? And he would say the thing, but in such a harsher way, yeah. in such a weirder way. And I was like, that's not what I said. Yeah. When you're in time, when it's an intense situation, you hear things completely differently. Because your ego's being hurt. Yeah. Your ego's being bruised. Yeah. So definitely, you know, practice conflict management, uh, practice patience, really listen, um, use the what did I just say method, understand that this could really just be a hard time. Um, like I said, when I, when, when Kellen and I first started dating, I used to do that all the time. We'd get in a fight and I'd be like, well, maybe we should just break up. Yeah. And he actually one time really called me out on it and he was like, how come every time we get in a fight, you want to break up? He's like, that's weird. Yeah. I was like, oh, that is weird. <laughs> I was like, I think it's because in every relationship I had ever been in, nobody like wanted to fight hard enough because they were yeah. like young relationships. So it was like, if we'd get in a couple fights, it was the end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Nobody really wanted to fight enough for it. So I think it took an unlearning for me to be like we are having a hard week but that does not mean it's going to be a hard life and that doesn't mean this is like a bad relationship or it's like the sign of you know an ending yeah we're just having a hard week I also think that it's important to remember that like just because you're not synced in a good way right now you're you're synced right now in a bad way too like you know what the other person is feeling so you should be the person to be communicating with them like you're both hurting at the same time so in a way you are synced so you just need to like like you said be good listeners and really listen to what the person needs in that relationship completely and you know what there is a very big possibility that that's not something you guys can do yeah and couples counseling yeah It's an amazing tool. I think a lot of times people see couples counseling as this big scary thing and it like it means that there's like a a fundamental problem in the relationship but not everybody who goes to therapy one-on-one therapy or talk therapy has a big fundamental problem. Sometimes we just go because we want to keep the wheels running right and because we need to get the oil changed every once in a while and the same is true of relationships. Sometimes you just need a third party a literal professional who is trained to help you practice conflict management to be in the middle and to hear both sides like it's okay and sometimes you don't even need to do it for a long time sometimes you just go for a couple months and you learn a couple tools and Mm -hmm. you know tricks of the trade and then you take those with you home and you become better at fighting yeah for sure um next question this one's just right to the point i need tips for car sex (laughs) okay (laughs) i love this question okay wait what are your how do you feel about car sex i have never had car sex in no i've never had car sex i've given i've given head in a car but never penetrative sex no wow okay so i've had a lot of car sex really well because i started having sex in high school yeah so that i feel like when you start having sex in high school you have sex in a lot of weird places because you can't always just have sex at home in the bed like I didn't have sex in a bed in a home for like a very long time and that's what I'm saying like I just started having sex five years ago right you already were like an adult with like an apartment and whatever so like why would you like subject yourself to that (laughs) 
Uh, I personally don't love car sex, mostly because I we we just talked about this yesterday. I actually am not voyeuristic at all. I hate yeah. I hate the idea of being seen during sex. I could get down with it if it was like a consensual thing with like another couple in the room, but I hate the idea of like getting caught in the act. Some people love that. Yeah. It's not. It's absolutely not for me. Um, I can't get off. I just am too in my head. And so car sex is hard for me because it's like we're in a Costco parking lot. Wait, like, so what I'm happens? Like, Guide me through car sex real quick. So you're both sitting in the front and then you go to the back one by one like little ants. <laughs> and <laughs> One by one. How many people are involved in this car orgy? <laughs> one. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so for me, one time it was like on a road trip to Vegas. And it's like, you know, it could be like a five hour drive with traffic. Yeah. So we like stopped on like the side of the road. Got it. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. One time, uh, an ex and I were driving, and we drove like an hour and a half to go to this fucking berry farm. <laughs> we're all excited. I'm going to pick berries at the berry farm. We get to the farm. It's closed that day for some reason. <gasps> no. Yeah. I decided they were we online. Call ahead. And we were so upset that we just like snuck in and had spite sex in the berry field. <laughs> <laughs> you say you don't like being a voyeur? Shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> You had sex on Perryfield. That's so mean. Um, we didn't have sex like in like in, in the dirt. We like drove in. Yeah, and had sex. It was car sex. Oh, got it, got it. But it was in the Berryfield. That's so much. Um, well, we were like, we have to do something. We Weren't you scared? Someone's gonna be like, "Hey, you met?" Yes, and it's really that's why it's really hard for me to have yeah. car sex. Uh, it was very close. There was like nobody around. Yeah. This was like an hour and a half outside of LA, which, if you know, is like there's literally yeah. nothing. Um, but like situations like that, I actually used to do this fun thing with an ex, an ex, another fun ex sex story, where we if we were both really busy that week and we weren't seeing each other a lot we didn't live together i would randomly text them at like two o'clock on a thursday and be like meet me in this parking lot oh in the parking lot that was pretty fun wait i almost had car sex okay or sorry this was when this was when we were living together and you might have had like a guy over or something okay so i drove to his house nice and he lived with roommates too so we were like well okay we can't like hook up right now yeah but i remember because the question was, how do I get better at it? Yeah. I was laying down on like the side of the seat, right? Like facing Which the seat? door. Passenger. Oh, pa- back. Back. Yeah. Okay. Laying down like like as if I have a tummy ache and I'm in the back. Okay. But my feet were sticking out. And then his hand was up on the on the car door. Do you know what I'm trying I'm to say? I'm having a very hard time visualizing his hands were up on the car door. My feet were out of the car. Door was open? Yeah. Door okay. was open. His hands like this. So if you're like this. You see what I oh, mean? Oh, he's standing yes. outside of the car. Yes. And I'm You're I'm laying, laying in the yes. back seat. That's super hot. Yes, because but where were like you this. where he could just be ass out? It was downtown LA, I gotta be honest. What? Yeah. <laughs> that is risky business, my friend. <laughs> That is risky business. He is ass out downtown LA. That's damn. No, his, his, pants were, his pants were down to his knees. I'm imagining his pants down to his knees. <laughs> like he's peeing. That's what I'm imagining. Oh my God. I'm literally imagining ass out. <laughs> Imagine a 
okay no but isn't that a good position that's a very good position but that's tough because you're not always so but bold at night i yeah you're right you're right you're right to be out of the car i will say <laughs> the best car sex i've ever had we were spooning in the back seat so you kind of both have to be we're both very skinny yeah, I was about to say, you have to be small and skinny. But you see what I mean? Okay. That's pretty good. If you're both kind of skinny, you can get away with yeah. that. Or you can push the seats up, the passenger and the front. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I also like being on top in yes. the front seat. Okay. It's a little bit more comfortable than on a bed because you get to like hold the back seat of the car. Oh, yeah. Being on top in a car. It's yeah. great. It's a little bit more like you have a little bit more control. You don't have to like really rely on like your thighs. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I like that. So I like being on top in the front is really hot. Spooning in the back can work. Yeah. Even being on top in the back seat can work. Yep. Um, that's pretty much all you're working with. Yeah. You're not really going to get like, if we're talking like heterosex, you're not going to get like guy on top really. No, any, no. In any of those not. situations. You could in the back seat. But every time I've done that, my like head is hitting the side of the door. And if the guy you know, is tall, it's just. You know what more people should do? What? make out in cars again yeah just because we like grew up and because we like have sex now and yeah. stuff we should still make out in cars bring back honestly bring back making out bring, i get really back. really really annoyed when kellen wants to stop making out after like 10 seconds yeah i'm like can we just smooch for a second yeah sometimes sometimes just making out gets me really like there's really art going. smooching there is and it really gets me going yeah because for me it's like it reminds me of being younger and like where you don't know if you're going to have sex yeah. and you're kind of like edging a little yes. and you're like, what's going to happen next? And Making like, out is a new maybe edging. they're like touching your thighs. We're like too scared to actually like, you know, go for it. That's hot. And I love car makeouts because you can write in the mirror in the window because it's so steamy. You're such a cancer. That's the most cancer <laughs> thing you've literally <laughs> ever <little> said. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, making out should be cool again. Absolutely. Car sex can be fun, yes. but you have to understand that if it's, Somebody has to be on top. Somebody's definitely going to have to do more work. If you're skinny, you can get away with spooning in the backseat. You don't have a lot of options. You can put your pants down you in downtown LA. You have to understand LA. that you can do ass out in downtown LA. <laughs> you have to understand, I think, with car sex, it's the novelty. Yes. You're not going to have as great of sex as you would in a king-size bed. You're not doing, But you're not doing it for that reason, right? Because if you were, you just... Go to the king size yes. bed. You're doing it because like it's exciting and it's somewhere new. It and feels maybe it's young. a little public. Yeah. It feels young. It feels a little reckless. So don't expect that you're going to have the best sex in the world in the car. It's going to be a fun memory. And that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't have to be the best sex in the world. No. Sometimes it's just fun to do it in a silly, goofy yeah. way. Yep. Or a silly, goofy place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? What do I do after I come? I'm a straight male and I get really awkward after sex. I love this question. Oh. I have something to say. Go for it. One of my favorite things, I am not an avid partaker in BDSM. Mm -hmm. Do I like a little light choking? Yes. Do I like to be slapped around? Yes. Have I been handcuffed? Yes. But I'm not like, I wouldn't consider myself like a quote unquote kinky person in the sense that I'm not like, you know, I don't have a gimp suit on yeah. hand. I'm not like using whips. Mm -hmm. I'm not like doing breath play. I love so many aspects. I talked about this in the last episode. I love so many aspects of BDSM because, because there's an element of danger with BDSM. There is this general rule that you have to be hyper communicative 
Everything has to be laid out beforehand. Boundaries are explicitly stated. Safe words are used. And the biggest thing, aftercare is huge in BDSM because you're so vulnerable in BDSM. We talked about this before. You're so vulnerable during sex. You're extra vulnerable when you're letting somebody hurt you, Mm -hmm. when you're genuinely putting your life in their hands when you're practicing breath play or all of these other things or you know electrical play all these kind of crazier kind of dangerous kinks Mm -hmm. aftercare is so important to bdsm and it's weird to me that aftercare is not just like a normal thing in vanilla sex i didn't know that honestly like truthfully and honestly i didn't know that every time after me and ryan have sex we get up I pee and then he pees on my pee. Love it. And we just, and I go in the shower and I just rinse off because I'm me. Yeah. And like, we just like take care of things right away. But maybe, I don't know, because how many people do you think actually know about the aftercare? Well, I mean, I think it's hard for people to... Especially in maybe more casual situations. Yeah. It's hard for people to feel like they can express those needs. Like, I think there are a lot of situations in which, let's say a guy is having sex with a girl and it's casual and they're not dating. If the girl were to say, hey, just, you know, like after sex, it's really important for me to cuddle for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might take that in a weird, you know what I mean? He might be like, is this person trying to date? Because like maybe they see cuddling as being this intimate thing. Cuddling after sex as being this thing that like they equate with being in a relationship and so I think sometimes aftercare feels more intimate than sex yeah and it feels like something that you should only practice maybe with a partner so it makes sense that you've only done it because you've only been with Ryan and Ryan is your partner but I think in maybe more casual situations or with people who are a little bit more inexperienced it doesn't happen people don't know how to ask for it so I mean for me it even took me a while to be like you know it's very important for me after sex to like have like a couple minutes in the bathroom by myself. Yep. And I get very annoyed if like someone tries to come in right away. You know what I mean? It's like I need to have a second. I need to like pee. I need to like process what just happened. I just need like a second. I need a breather. Yeah. It's not a lot of time, but that's, that's what I need. Yeah. And after that, I do need some sort of intimacy. I wouldn't necessarily say I need like a cuddle session, but I definitely can get a little bit like irked if the person like immediately like gets up to get a snack yeah or like wants to leave right away if it's like a more casual situation so it's like I think that there were times when I was younger and maybe had a harder time expressing those needs or kind of like felt worried that they were gonna like judge me for Mm. it versus now it's like I think I'm more open to just being like hey can you like hang out for a little it just like makes me feel a little bit better after sex and I think that that should be more used and it's weird to me that it's not I feel like I like prompt a lot like I'll like ask questions about well just ryan obviously well you ask questions about like the sex no 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 oh, i just okay. ask like life questions after. okay so it just kind of like instead of like asking for it it just sets the, the tone so you need, you just need like some sort of like little like like a deep talk like yeah, a little heart yeah. to heart yeah okay yeah to feel connected again yeah you know what i mean i need water yeah yeah uh i love a an after sex snack that's like a, a little fruit yeah a little bit of fruit and ice ice cold water um be an ice cream sandwich yeah. doing a lot of ice cream sandwiches yeah. lately. um and genuinely in my opinion especially now that I've gotten older and I'm more experienced that to me is part of the sex yeah in the same way that foreplay is part of the sex 
aftercare is part of the sex. Mm-hmm. It's It rounds out the entire experience. And to be honest, there are situations in which you have good sex. And if there's no aftercare, if the person leaves or does something that's completely the opposite of what you need after sex, it can kind of ruin the whole experience. Yeah. Do you think that more men or women care about aftercare? Honestly, I think everybody cares about aftercare. I just think a lot of people, like you said, don't know yeah. that it's a thing. Or they don't know it's a thing that they can ask for or that they can really talk about. But my advice to this person would be think about that time after you come as aftercare. Mm -hmm. What do you need? What do you need right after you finish? Do you need to go to the bathroom like we just talked about? Do you need to just lay in silence for five minutes? Do you need to immediately go get a glass of water? Like what do you need? Yeah. Once you figure that out, I think that's a really good step. And like, what do I do after I come? Well, now you know. Now you have these things. And then I'm not sure if you're in a relationship or not. But if you are, ask them. Yeah. What do they need after sex? What does their ideal 20 minutes after sex look like for them? And you know what? I urge you to ask that even if you're having casual sex. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that you want to date that person or that you're going to be in a relationship afterwards, that you're going to give them the wrong idea. It just means that you care. Sex is a very intimate thing. It's a very vulnerable thing. It can bring up a lot of emotions. There's a reason why a lot of people cry after sex. There's a reason why a lot of people feel like they need to shower after sex. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not exactly a hygiene thing. It's Mm -hmm. like this sort of shame thing. It brings up a lot for people. And feeling taken care of or even just feeling like your needs are being met and heard afterwards can really round out an experience. Yeah. And so I urge you to just figure out what you like after sex, be vocal about it, and then ask what your partner needs in return. Mm -hmm. And implementing afterplay. 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 Aftercare should be implemented in all sexual situations, vanilla or not. I agree. And that's that on that. And that's that. Um, Next question. We have two questions left. I'm a woman and I think I'm interested in having sex with women, mm-hmm. but I've never tried. I have some queer friends and they've told me how much they hate women on dating apps who are just experimenting or unsure of their sexuality. So now I'm nervous to put myself out there. I also don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing if I even get that far. Any advice appreciated? Wait, women hate? like just women that are trying to figure themselves out that makes me sad I think I've so I've had this conversation with some like queer friends of mine and I'm queer I've I've historically dated men but I've when I'm single I'm very open to both and I've been on dating apps for both yeah and I've talked to friends of mine who are fully gay and I think their issue is sometimes they feel like an experiment yeah. They feel used okay. because if you're on a dating app looking for a long-term relationship and you meet a girl and you really like her and you're getting to know each other and you're being intimate and then she realizes this was just a phase and she's not gay, it's very hard. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, that is heartbreaking. You know, you're putting yourself out there and you know exactly who you are. That's amazing. Um, even though there not everybody dating app does. For that. Yeah, you know, maybe an experimental dating app. But I I can see where they're coming from. I also think that giving your queer friends the benefit of the doubt, they don't hate all women who are on there experimenting or unsure. I think what they mean is if somebody isn't open and upfront from the beginning about the fact that they are new to queer dating mm-hmm. or that they are unsure, 
and they are kind of like recklessly out there dating people of the same sex who are looking for something else you're tricking them you are a little bit tricking them absolutely you're manipulating the situation to kind of like get what you want or to like experiment there's nothing wrong with either right there's nothing wrong with not wanting that and there's nothing wrong with experimenting I think unfortunately this answer does come down to communication I was just about to say this is our communication card yeah because I think that it's okay for you to be unsure. You just need to make sure that other people know that. And the same way that I would say to a hetero man who was like, I want to be on dating apps, but like, I don't want to like have a girlfriend. That's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. People can be on dating but apps just casually. Just about it. You have to be upfront about it. And so I think if you're open about the fact that you're new, then, and also it's going to kind of lower your dating pool because you are going to come in contact with women who are like, oh, you know, that's great for you. It's not really what I'm looking for. Yeah. Or maybe they're okay that you're experimenting, but they want, they know for a fact they want to get off and they don't want to be with someone who's new to, you know, queer sex. That's totally fine. And you know what? Maybe you're going to find somebody who's like, that's actually really hot to me. I would love to teach you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So being open is actually going to, I think, make your experience better because you're going to... You're going to save yourself that headache after. You're going to save yourself the headache. You're going to save yourself giving other people headaches, but you're also going to match with people who are interested in helping you and who aren't going to like be in a situation where maybe you're ready to get intimate and they're like, cool, let's do it. And you're like, fuck, wait, I don't know what I'm doing. Versus somebody who's going to be like, let me teach you because I already know that you're new because you've told me. That's a great answer. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's totally fine for you to be unsure. But that's the communication card. Just be upfront. And also, don't be, I wouldn't be worried when they say, um, I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, it's okay to try something It's okay new. to be new, first off, and also not be amazing at something right when you're starting. There's this woman on TikTok whose name I can't remember, but she's adorable. And she, I mean, she, I'm not going to infantilize her mental illness, but she is agoraphobic. Mm-hmm. And she has extreme anxiety on like a big heightened level to the point where she can't do like even very simple social things. I'm going to send you her TikTok because you'd love her. And she records herself. She's trying to get out there. She was agoraphobic for like 10 years. She didn't talk oh. to anyone. She's trying to get out there. She has this adorable like four part video of her. She's staying in a hotel and all she wants to do is use the waffle maker at the breakfast station downstairs. She's never done it and she's really scared to do it in front of people. And she's crying and you know, she's kind of having these same emotions we have, right? Like I've never used it before. People are going to be watching. People are going to be waiting in line behind me. But her anxiety is on this level where she just can't do it. Yeah. So she goes days without doing it. She's buying breakfast even though getting, besides getting the free (laughs) one because she cannot get herself. And she, at the, she finally does in the fourth video. Not at this point, I'm like bawling. She finally get musters up the courage to go do it. She like Google's it first. She makes sure she knows how to do it. <laughs> yeah. She, but she says this really cute line in it that really stuck with me, where she says, "I only have to go through this fear once." Yes. And then I know how to yes. do it. Yes. I only have to do. I only. This fear is only. It's a one-time thing. I'm gonna go through this fear. It's gonna be hard. And then I'm gonna know how to use the waffle maker. And then every time I go to a hotel after that, I'm going to oh, know how to use I this need waffle to see maker. This video. And I was like, that is such a fucking good mindset to have about anything in life. I just told, I just told somebody who was going through something, um, you, this is the worst you'll feel yeah. about this right now. Yes. And you're, you're getting over it. Yeah. Like yesterday was the worst. It's like, if you see things that way, you're going to be fine. Yeah. In life. Exactly. And so it's like, you only really have to go through that fear once. With sex, maybe you're going to have to go through it a yes. few times. But every single time you do it, you're going to learn something. And then the next time is going to be a little less scary. And the next time is going to be less scary. And then eventually, you're going to be fucking all around town, girl. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. You, you, need to, you need to practice, yeah. you know. And, and also, it's going to help you realize what you like. Maybe you realize you're straight. 
Yeah. Maybe you realize you're fully gay. Mm-hmm. Maybe you realize you're bisexual. Maybe you realize you're a top, you're a bottom, you're a pillow princess, whatever the case yeah. is. Uh, but you won't know until you try. Get out there. Get out there, girl. You go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. How do I orgasm? I'm a newbie to sex and I don't know how. I have a boyfriend, but we just started. And I don't want him to feel bad, but I also don't want to fake it. I love this question. Me too. First. <laughs> first things first. first yeah, things I want to hear your opinion. First things first, get to know your own body. Yeah. If you don't have a vibrator, your hand, your fingers are there for a reason. Also, Just, vibrators are yeah. extremely inexpensive on Amazon. I they agree. come in discreet packaging. Yes. If you're scared of dildos, you can get a very small bullet clitoral vibrator. Yes. They are $10 on Amazon and they are very, very, very not scary. Yes. But just get to know yourself so so that you do find out what you like and how you how you like to where you like to be touched and everything. Like yeah. how will you guide somebody if you don't even know? Yep. That's what I think. It's a really good idea. I also want to put it out there that it is actually quite rare for women, contrary to porn. For women to be able to orgasm from penetrative sex. Yeah. Do not think that there is something wrong with you or that something is wrong with the sex or something is wrong with your boyfriend or that anything is wrong at all. If you find out that you cannot come from penetrative sex, you are in the major- majority. Yeah. Here. It is very okay. That's there you are bring lots- in vibrators. Yeah, exactly. You can bring vibrators into the bedroom. You can have them play with your clit while you're having sex sometimes if i know you know because for me i can finish penetratively but it's hit or miss i can't so sometimes for me if i like feel like it's not gonna happen that night i just make sure that i come during foreplay yeah and then the sex still feels good but i'm not like tripping i've already finished Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and also at that point then your partner's not tripping because you've already finished and they can kind of just like enjoy it and you guys can enjoy it together without this like oh she has to finish before i do sort of situation yeah so it's a really good idea. Definitely start masturbating. Yep. Figure out what you like um, and take it from there. And hopefully you have a partner that is understanding that this is new. Maybe it's new for them too. And you guys can kind of practice and yeah. you can just figure out what works. What works for both of you. Exactly. Experiment with different things. See what feels good. Yeah. You'll feel more connected too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, great batch of questions this month. I'm very excited about these. Um, every fourth episode, for anybody who's new, is a Q&A where Gabby joins me. We answer some listener-submitted questions, and we kind of shoot the shit a little bit. I am so happy I came on. Me too. This is great. I'm excited for next oh, month's and questions. Oh, and take the BDSM quiz. I will have a link to the BDSM quiz Um linked below you know what i'm also going to link a couple great like beginner vibrators for people with vulvas yes um and yeah i hope i hope one or maybe multiple of these questions helped some listeners out there maybe not just the people who submitted but somebody maybe has been thinking about this but was too scared to ask if you have a question and you want to be featured on an episode you want it answered um follow the instagram for the show at was that good for you or my own instagram at rea carmona and you can submit questions there and uh either we will answer them here or i'll answer them myself in the dms Woo! i hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you did please leave a good review it really helps me out uh like i said you can follow the instagram it was that good for you and i will talk to you guys later bye, bye. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.